going on, everyone? And welcome to episode 10 of the Anything and Everything podcast. I'm your host, Ty Reeves. And today, we'll be talking with my good friend and fellow podcaster, Mamta. And we're going to talk to you about her Yukon experience and the topic of mental health. So, Mamta, how, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Hi, everyone. My name is Mamta. I just graduated from Yukon. 2020, May 2020, and I'm from West Hartford, Connecticut. Um, I my major was economics with a minor in data analytics. So yeah. Yeah, definitely. So let's just kind of jump right into it. And you already said you're from West Hartford and you went to UConn, graduated. What made you choose UConn, especially knowing like before going to college that you were gonna have to take a summer program? Uh, I'll be honest with you, I didn't really have much of a choice. UConn was the only option because my parents didn't want me to go out of state and they wanted me to um, stay in state and UConn was the cheapest and plus like my parents didn't even want me to go to stores. Um, They wanted me to go to the Hartford branch for two years to save up money and stuff but yeah but I had to like kind of fight them for that and I'm glad I did. Yeah definitely. I know when I saw that I got into UConn and it was kind of like, oh yeah, I got in. But then the excitement kind of dropped off when it's see when you see, yeah, you got in, but, and it was, you know, a heart drop, like, damn, I'm really going to have to go to school early. Yeah. I know a lot of, a lot of my SSS friends are like, we're kind of disappointed. I mean, like everyone is like, who wants to spend their last summer before college and like at college, right? You want to spend it with your friends and stuff. But like, I'm kind of glad that I went through SSS because um, I made a lot of friends. Um, my roommates for two years were was from um, SSS too. She was in SSS with me. And I made like great connections with uh, academic advisors who helped me throughout the like four years. Um, so I'm kind of glad that like SSS um, was there because I think without SSS, I would have been like a different place. Especially like the emotional support because a lot of SSS students are like kind of like minorities and we don't have the same support from family. So like SSS advisors were kind of like that family, like, you know, the emotional support that you need. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree because I remember when, you know, I I opened like the online letter and it was like, you got in, but you got to go to summer school. And I went to my guidance counselor and I was kind of like, I don't really know what this means. Like, when do I have to go? Like all this stuff. I really didn't know anything about, you know, SSS or any of those other summer programs. And I remember my guidance counselor, like sitting down with her and she called admissions and she was like, yeah, like, you know, he has to come from July 9th to like August 10th. And I remember really sitting in that chair so disappointed that, you know, my first, my my 18th birthday, one of the birthdays you really look forward to, I was going to be at school with a bunch of people I didn't know without my family and my friends around me. But like you said, like, I'm really thankful that I went through SSS because of, you know, I met you, all my boys now, Nate, Darrington, all the, like, Jesse, everybody, Carl. And I'm just so grateful that, you know, I have all you. And I guess you could say in my life as connections, as friends, as peers. And it's just, it was awesome being able to go into UConn with kind of a better stepping stone rather than, you know, other freshmen that are just coming to campus. Exactly. And you got like six credits for free too. So like you kind of like knew like what was it like the classes and stuff. So uh, I think I think it was good that I went through SSS. Yeah, definitely. So 
it's kind of to stick with SSS. And obviously, like you said, you met a lot of friends, a lot of people. But what opportunities did SSS bring you throughout college? Uh, first of all, I got to be an RA for your SSS class, so which was a very uh, big step for me because that opened to me being an RA in like during school year too. So because SSS gave me that experience, so it was easier for me to get the role of RA in during the school year, and. Um, I was also able to go to Costa Rica to study abroad last year, uh, last summer. So which I could have never afforded if um, if SSS wasn't there, and I got to be a peer mentor. So just a lot of connections, I would say. Mm-hmm. So kind of to bring it back, you talked about uh, study abroad. I was supposed to go abroad with a bunch of people to South Africa, but obviously with Corona and you know all the travel bans, we weren't able to do that. But Talk a little bit about your experience going abroad to Costa Rica and would you recommend going to abroad to other students that are interested in going? Yes, of course, especially coming from like um, like my family, like minorities family with like low income and stuff. Uh, we can't really afford like going to study abroad. Right. But SSS like kind of like made it possible for me to go to SSS. And I honestly met the most amazing people in Costa Rica the food was amazing their culture was so different and everything like you know um it's just like a really great way to meet new people and a really great way to just experience a different culture because in like in the United States we're just so like closed off like you know what I mean like it's just like and then like also like um it's a really good resume builder so like a if you're applying to a company, then like they like it when you're studying abroad because um you have different experience, you know, um it helps you with like your connecting um skills and stuff. Where where yeah, I can obviously see that and you know connections in college, whether it's going abroad, like you said, being a mentor, jobs, stuff like that. It's just it's all key to you know getting into the workforce and using that degree that you worked so hard to you know to get to end up making making the bread, but, you know, talk a little bit about, like, not really SSS, but talk about from your first day you stepped on campus for your actual freshman year, and kind of talk to us about that adjustment period that you had, you know, going from high school to college. Uh, First semester of freshman year was probably, like, the toughest uh, semester for me, um, especially because you know, like in high school, like I was involved with so many things. Um, and then like coming into college, you just have so much free time, right? And and you just don't know like what to do with your free time. So like I was just like struggling to balance my time with academics. And when you have so much free time and you're not doing all the time, then you're not motivated to go to classes and stuff too. And but um, so yeah, like freshman year was pretty tough because I couldn't come back to my parents as well because they they couldn't relate to me you know what I mean they never went to college so like I couldn't go back to them and so I was just dealing with a lot of stuff classes were so difficult oh my god because like in uh in high school I would just wing it like I like I didn't really have to study that much but like in college I didn't know like you actually had to put in time and effort and I didn't do that and like my grade showed it uh and I also like um 
I come from a very strict family, right? So I never went out during high school. So like when I had all this time during weekend and there was no one telling me like, oh, not to do something like, you know, there was uh, my parents weren't there to tell me not to go out. So on the weekends, I would go out a lot, you know, like I would just like just like party a lot. And so like I kind of lost that balance of like school and um, enjoying my time. So, yeah, it was pretty hard. But I think like talking to uh, my advisor second semester and joining my frat um, kind of helped me balance that time. Yeah, I can totally agree. I mean, for me, I felt like it was a little bit easier because of SSS. And I feel like, you know, SSS, even though you kind of after a while, you understand what you need, like what you can and can't do. But I remember the first day. And they were like, yeah, study hall. And we really went in there and they were like, yeah, no talking. And it was kind of, it was crazy. But I feel like my time there was a really good stepping stone into my freshman year. And honestly, first semester was great. You know, I remember first day, like first weekend, you actually brought me to a party and it was awesome. And that's where I, you know, that's where it all started. But I, for me, especially like second semester was kind of like, that low point for me, like I was kind of tired of being on campus and I really wanted to be home and coming back from the holidays and celebrating Christmas and kind of getting back into the swing of things. And I really, I know I really, really did struggle my second semester freshman year, but, you know, talking to Yessi and obviously talking to you and Nate and being involved with SBA and just seeing my, you know, my peers and my friends being successful made me, you know, want to get back into the groove and be better. So definitely that time was the low point for me but overall I have to say freshman year was you know it was fun that's the thing though like a lot of people like because of SSS like it helped them but like during SSS like I did so well in those both of those classes right so I thought like those classes like were going to be the same during fall semester and for some reason they weren't like my classes were actually difficult like the most easy class like com 1000 everyone told me it was supposed to be like the easiest class and that was like literally my worst class that semester I don't know how but I just didn't do well and it was just like kind of like you know um kind of set back almost like you I was kind of disappointed on myself because then I started like being harsh on myself like how did I let myself do that and it was it because like I went out a lot blah 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 all these thoughts you know yeah it's definitely hard if you can't balance the time but I also didn't have anyone like see you guys had me almost but like I didn't have anyone to go to um so and then like I at that point I wasn't even like close to my academic advisor so I was like kind of lost puppy and I came in um to UConn thinking that I wanted to do accounting and and then as I as I explored more as I was talking to people with like you know upperclassmen with like different majors that made me want to change my major and that was a whole another battle with my parents because you know my, my parents are pretty strict so so they were questioning me like okay if not accounting like what do you want to do with your life and then like that pressure of like trying to figure out everything was really hard, really hard. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely agree because I, I'll i be 100% honest. I hope none of the counselors at SSS hear this, but math 1030, I think I slept at least 
<laughs> half of, through half of those classes. Not like slept through and stayed in my dorm, but like I was knocked out in class. And I remember, you know, I'm not going to say her name, but this girl was getting mad because we had a presentation and people weren't paying attention. And she was like, well, you guys got to, you know, pay attention. And they kind of like other students were like, well, you didn't give us the same attention. She was like, Ty was the only one sleeping. And I was like, damn, really? You're going to throw me under the bus like that? <laughs> but no, nah, same thing with COM 1000. I, I think SSS, what helped is that there was no large lectures. Like SSS was really like, you know, 20, yeah. 25 person classes, whereas the COM 1000 is a 350 person lecture. And it's really easy to get lost because you feel like nobody's paying attention to you. The professor won't notice if you're not there. Like, I'll be the first one to say, COM 1000, that's when I was really into Game of Thrones. So I would go to COM 1000 and just watch Game of Thrones. Exactly. Sometimes and I don't even make it to the, yeah. the <laughs> lectures because I thought it was supposed to be like, so easy, but I guess not. Yeah. But for me, kind of just real quick to touch upon, like, because obviously you had to kind of fight with your parents to switch your major. I still have the same major I came in with, and I'm still glad that I chose journalism. And obviously I picked up comm and there's other fields I would like to take classes in and all that. But, you know, mm-hmm. you know, the, the coursework and what you need to take in order to graduate. But for me, I, my mom was always really supportive of, you know, me doing what I wanted. And obviously I had a couple family members that were like, you know, oh, journalism is a dying field and you're not going to make any money and you're going to be living like off of check to check and all that stuff. But, you know, here I am now and I'm really thankful that for the opportunities that the journalism department and kind of the major in general has kind of offered me. And I'm still grateful to this day for picking journalism as my major. Yeah. But you talked about it. We, well, we both talked about it. People struggle, you know, the first semester, first year all that good stuff, you know, whether it's homesick, not having good communication with friends, family. So what what advice would you give to somebody that feels they're going to struggle their freshman year? Uh, freshman year. Honestly, like, I I know, like, coming into college, it's, like, a lot of freedom. Because, um, like, I think a lot of people struggle to balance time with schoolwork. And... And, like, a lot of people just, like, you know, don't take freshman year seriously. But, like, I would say the opposite because, like, freshman year, like, literally sets your GPA, you know. It's so easy to bring down your GPA, but, like, it's so hard to bring that GPA up. So, like, yes, go out and have fun, but, like, make sure that you're doing well on um, in your academics as well. Because a lot of people literally, like don't focus on academics they're more focused on getting involved they're more focused on making friends yes you should do that but like make sure that your uh your academics are on top too because it will catch up and there's so many resources that you can use you know for your academics there's q center there's w center like there is um what's that um academic oh aacc no aac whatever academic achievement center yeah wherever you're going what college you're going to there are so many resources that you can um, use for academics make sure you're using your resources I would say I I don't think I started using it till like later on but make the most out of it because you're paying for this the only thing you're paying to go to college is your tuition right you're paying literally about like 1500 per class and the only thing you need to do is go to class and if you're not doing that then like you're literally wasting your time and money. Yeah. 
I definitely agree because a part of me felt like, especially with bigger lectures, like, oh, he's going to post the slides, oh, this. And then you realize, like, yeah, you have the time to go through and do the slide or look at the slides, but in your head, you'd rather go out and eat with your friends or go to the rec center. So I can definitely agree with, you know, using your resources is definitely a big key. And then just setting time aside to really get your work done and just going to class is going to make that adjustment a lot easier for people. Yeah, it's so easy to get distracted. So easy. Like, make sure you have a study place. Don't make your um, room like your study place. You know what I mean? Like, it's so easy to get distracted. Like, someone told me, like, one of uh, one of my upperclassmen, like, he was, I think, senior when I was freshman. He told me, work hard, party harder on the weekends. Because, like, when you start applying for internship, like, end of sophomore year, even some people even start applying for after freshman year, right? The, the only thing, like, companies and, like, most of the workplaces that are looking for are your GPA, you know? So make sure you have that like balance between getting involved or like going out and your GPA. Yeah. For me, I don't really understand that. Like and still, and I'm in like, obviously we you're gone, you're done with college. I'm still in it. And like, I want to get another degree when I'm done, but I don't understand why colleges really look for you or not colleges, but um, businesses and the workforce really looks at your GPA as something that's so outstanding. Cause for me, Obviously, my GPA isn't where I want it to be, but I'm slowly but surely getting it back to where I want it to be when I graduate. But think about it. Well, think about it, Ty. Like GPA is like like, yeah, some people are really smart and some like some people are naturally smart. So their grades are going to be like, you know, um, naturally good. But like for other people, like who have to work hard and stuff. But like, I think a lot of people company, a lot of companies look at GPA because it shows that like how committed you are to your schoolwork. Right. And that's kind of a worker they want for their companies, like to work hard and for their um, company as well. It just shows uh, commitment. It just shows effort. That's it. But like, we know as students that it's so hard to maintain that. And a lot of people who struggle with their grace, who uh, that's why they try to balance it with their um, other um, extra stuff. My GPA wasn't that great. Like, it was, like, fine. But I always made sure that I had other uh, leadership position to balance that. Yeah. So that's something I, I was going to, like, go off on. Because for me, obviously, like I said, my GPA wasn't where I wanted it to be. But my leadership, I feel like for the age I'm at, still being well not an underclassman anymore but going into my junior year I feel like my resume is better than at least half a UConn at this point like a lot of people like you said fraternities you know that's what, what that's what they do maybe a club here and there a mentorship but I feel like for me I'd rather have a, a, a you know a company or a business or you know someone look at my my accolades and what I've done outside the classroom than what I've done inside the classroom you know what I mean because I feel like that tells you more about the person Mm -hmm. rather than what that number at the top of the page says yeah I mean we would like it to be like that but you know how this country works it doesn't work like that we're the opposite we'd rather look at the numbers just like applying to college and getting into college they looked at your stats they looked at your not stats I mean SAT scores um they looked at your GPA, right? So, yeah, I mean, it's 
it, it's tough, but that's why you just have to have a perfect balance between the GPA and the involvement. I think that's what I had. Well, yeah, I, I like to think that's what I had. I can agree because honestly, I remember UConn was like before we even got into UConn, that was always my number one. And like I applied to schools like Quinnipiac and, you know, and I had interest from like Southern and, and University of Bridgeport for athletics. And I remember when I told my coach like UConn was really my number one that he was kind of like, maybe you should look at a branch campus because your GPA is like, he was like a three, seven is good, but your SAT scores are really low. And he was like, I don't know. I don't think you're going to get admitted. And, you know, I ended up getting admitted. And it's crazy because you talked about that balance of the activities plus the GPA. I know people that did maybe a little bit less than me outside of school, but were way more academically, like achieved more academically than me in the classroom and that got denied or even you know, branch to Waterbury or branch to Stanford. So like you said, I feel like having that good like mesh almost is very important, even in the, even in the job world. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, someone told me that like, what are you going to do with your smartness if you can't sell it, right? How you like, yeah. so like you can't just be smart. Like you need to be able to sell your smart. You need to be able to sell your uh, product, right? So a lot of companies when you're going for interviews, yeah, your GPA is perfect, but you can't even have an, a proper interview, then how do you like, you know, so yeah. it's it's so important to just have that balance. Don't be just don't pick one thing and stay there, like go out of your comfort zone. Yeah, definitely. So um, kind of moving down or moving on from that topic, you brought it up before you joined a co-ed business fraternity. A lot, not a lot of people, especially me going into college, I didn't even know they did co-ed. I thought it was just frats and sororities. So can you kind of talk about your involvement with your frat and like, not really what it takes to get in, but what like kind of, what it brought to you, what opportunities it opened up to you? Um, so yeah, so like I said before, I was very involved in my high school. Uh, so like coming into college, not having to do anything was just like really like, no, because I like to do, I like to be productive. So like when I'm not productive, like it just makes me anxious. Like I feel like I'm wasting time. I should be doing things right. Um, so like freshman year, like the first day I met this girl, um, and she, I think she had a friend who graduated from AKSI Alpha Kappa Psi, which is a co business frat, and she was like, oh yeah, come to the rush events and meet the bro- brothers and see if you like it or not. And so I went to like one of the info session and I ended up actually really liking the people. Right. And I thought like it would be like very beneficial of me to join because first like they were because I wanted to go get in. I wanted to go into the business world. So it would be a lot of connections. So I built a lot of connections like, you know, people still help me with my resume. People are still like sending me um jobs to apply to it's just like little small things that like that was very beneficial and I made a lot of great friends um through the business grad too but like my mindset when I was joining was that um I wanted to make friends and I needed things to do like I wanted to be productive and I wanted to build connections that was my main um goal yeah I can definitely like agree i know so many people have gotten opportunities out of their fraternities and you know just just like you said the little connections are really what matters and just being personable and keeping those connections even outside of college is really what's going to help you down the line 
Exactly. So this is actually, I posted a little question poll and I only got an X amount of responses, but my friend Luis, he's actually coming into UConn, even though he's going to the Stanford campus. Mm -hmm. And he kind of asked me, you know, we talked a little bit about the adjustment period, but he really wants to know how to handle that adjustment period, especially with meeting new people. Meeting new people. Um, I don't know. Sometimes it could be a lot because it will depends on, uh, like the person for me and you we're like a social bird like butterflies right we like it's so easy for us to make friends um so if you look at my sister who was um she was a freshman last year she never comes out of her room never never and i try to get her involved through my friends to see to see like can like make new friends there's a best way to so for people like that, best way to make friends is that you um, join a club, like pick something, um, pick something that you like, you know, art or whatever, dance, anything, you name it. There's a club at UConn or any any um, colleges. And that's how that's it's a really great way to make new friends. Yeah, I, again, agree. I feel like besides SSS, the biggest thing for me was really getting involved. And I mean, really, the person who really pushed me to get involved is really my, well, he was my mentor, Nate, Nate Nugent. Um, he just graduated as well with Mamta. He was a president of a bunch of stuff. He was our president of the Sports Business Association. And he kind of told me, he was like, oh, this is really how, you know, you get, this is what you want to do. And he showed me the reins for SBA and just kind of being comfortable and learning that, hey, like I can do this really led to me, you know, reaching out to more people, reaching out to athletics to get a job, reaching out to, you know, other, like even with our, our conference companies and stuff like that. But what's more important is by joining these clubs and organizations, I've really met, you know, a lot of friends, like some of my best friends at this point, other than SSS. And it's, you know, again, I feel like, like you said, that's the best way to go about making friends at UConn is just being involved. Yeah, there's, like, so many involvement fairs, too, that, like, you, like if you don't know, like, you know, um, any clubs or anything on top of your head, you can just literally walk around the involvement fair, sign up your name, and go to the meetings and see if you like it or not. But it's very important to, like, um, make friends because, like, even, like, in classes. So, say, like, if you have a friend um, in the same class and you couldn't make it to the class like you can literally just text your friend saying hey like I didn't make it to class today can you just give me the notes so it's so important to make friends like in every like aspect of college like classes clubs anything even like gym buddies like anything you need a friend because it's yeah, really lonely it gets really lonely without your parents and stuff you come back to your dorm all alone and you just need a friend to talk to I, I agree. For me, obviously, you hit it right on the head. Like, we're both very social and, like, not afraid to, like, kind of put ourselves out there. But for me, really, besides getting involved, like, the rec has been a really big way for me to make friends outside of, like, the classroom and being involved. Like, just playing basketball practically every single day of the week or going and playing pickup soccer or me get like, getting involved, you know, this is a club with, like, the UConn Club baseball team. Like, I met, again, some of my closest friends. So, for me to answer that question, I'd say just get involved and then the rec, if you like sports or working out, that's going to be a really big key to making friends. Yep. But 
Yeah, they have um, like um classes too, workout classes and stuff, Zumba classes, yoga classes, cardio. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do one of those spin classes, but I never have. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't do spin. I did um expert. It was so hard. Oh my goodness. I thought I was gonna pass out. But I did a lot of Zumba classes because I like to dance. Well I like to I think I can dance, so <laughs> but <laughs> I like um me, Mark, me, Mark, Billy, I think Asia and somebody else. We were we were planning on going, you know, to do one of those spin classes in the old rack and I didn't know you had to sign up. I thought it was kinda of just like you walk in. Yeah, and like those classes fill up so quickly. I know. So quickly. It's so crazy. Because a lot of people don't know what to do at the rec, right? Also, a lot of girls and guys who don't know what to do at rec, they just sign up for these classes where someone is, like, showing you how to work out, you know? It's kind of easy. So, moving on. Actually, I want to add something real quick, just kind of talk about it. Because for me, coming into UConn, if I didn't have SSS, I would have had no clue what to expect out of the dining hall and housing. And those are kind of two big things. So obviously this year it's going to be takeout only and one person in a room, which is a little bit weird. But talk about your experience with housing and kind of just the dining hall, especially in your freshman year, kind of just getting adjusted to the to oh the campus. God, I gained so much weight. Like that freshman 15 thing is so real, bro. Like I like <laughs> going home like uh, after freshman year, I gained 19 pounds. 19 pounds yeah it's because i didn't watch what 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 i was eating there's so much food there's so much junk food um and i just didn't i was just like eating i was eating pizza all the time i was eating like ice cream all the time like soda was there so i was not looking at my weight whatsoever but uh, yukon has a lot of dining halls so like every corner there's a dining hall i think there's like nine dining halls uh but yeah sometimes i I would recommend if you're going to Yukon to download that app where it like it gives you all the menus for each dining halls. So like what me and my friends would do is we look at the menu and see if we like um the dinner or whatever was serving, then we would go to that dining hall. Um but yeah, just make sure that you're you're watching what you're eating because it's so easy to uh gain weight in school. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Funny for me, at least, um, really, I didn't, I think I gained maybe five pounds after freshman year, but again, I was in the gym every day and, you know, Towers Dining Hall, I feel like was hit or miss when I was there, but now it's like the best place to eat on campus, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. But. I I um, always like Putnam because Putnam has, it's like smoothie bar and it just has safe food. I just, I just like it a lot. And South, South is pretty good too. I don't know why a lot of people like McMahon. McMahon has like the weirdest food ever. Oh my goodness. Yeah, first of all, now that we're, thank God that we brought up McMahon. I lived in McMahon last year. For anybody listening that's going to UConn, you do not want to live there. People say, oh, the location is great, which it is, but like those small rooms, it gets hot as hell in that building. The food <laughs> is not it. Like, maybe, yeah, they got good pizza, but, like, otherwise... I don't even like their pizza, honestly. I like North Pizza. McMahon's pizza is good. It's just that you can't eat it every day. Like, the first month, two months of school, I was like, right, I can deal with this. But, like, after a while, it was just like, damn. And I just find myself, like... And I ended up going to South more towards the end of my 
um, first semester and like before we went home. Mm-hmm. But definitely like if if you don't really work out or you just like like to chill and eat and then just do nothing, you're that freshman fifteen is gonna be really it's gonna be real. But if you like like to go to the gym and anything, you really got nothing to worry about in my opinion. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard for like um for people like me, like who eat like different food at home. Because it was so hard to like adjust the food, I think, uh, freshman year, first semester, because I'm so used to eating like Nepali food all the time at home. So like coming into college, I was like so many options that like I didn't even know like what to pick. So I would just go to pizza all the time because that was like the safest because I have so much like dietary uh, restrictions. Like I can't eat red meat. I'm lactose intolerant and I can't eat fish either. So got to be careful. Dang, I didn't even know that. That's crazy. Yeah. But um, so kind of not really to round it off. What are, what were some of your favorite moments and things to do at UConn now that obviously your time has came and gone on campus? Oh, that's a tough one. Favorite moment. Um, I think I'll just go each year. Freshman year, I think joining the frat, of course. I think because my uh, pledge process was so difficult and just um, getting into that frat was like so such a like happy moment because we worked all my pledge brothers and me like worked so hard for it. And so that would be my favorite memory freshman year and then sophomore year. What did I do sophomore year? Yeah, sophomore year is just a blast. Cause, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I went through a lot sophomore year. And, of course, like, meeting you guys, like, being your RA for SSS was pretty good. And then, like, being an RA in Hilltop Apartment was pretty good, too. Just dealing with um a lot. I think, like... Yeah, one of my favorite moments also was that, like, being an RA and then you just had to uh, shut down parties. I think, like, that was pretty cool. Because a lot of people just, like, like when you knock on the door and then, like, oh, are you on the door? Uh, are you on the door? Yeah. And then um, they would just, like, change their whole behavior. It's just so funny to be, like, even though we're, like, the same age, the way they treat you is so different. But, yeah, I think those were my – but overall, just meeting new people. I would say just building that connection. I think I met like some of the most amazing people at UConn. I learned so much. Yeah, I agree. I can't wait for these next two years, even though this year looks kind of slow as far as like parties and just being able to like live a normal college life. But, you know, my first two years, I've had a great time meeting like you and everybody else that's graduated that came before me and just playing ball and uh, different opportunities I've been exposed to so you know UConn yeah. is definitely it has its moments where it sucks but at the same time it has its moments where it's like a lot but of yeah I don't know what's happening on the news right now a lot of UConn's like literally trending so much just for the wrong reasons though yeah it's very you know not, sh- not I wouldn't say shocking like the whole parking lot thing I wasn't shocked just because I know there's people like that on campus but, like, I, I mean, just cutting sports, I, that was unexpected. Being in a deficit, unexpected, like, all stuff like that. I mean, I feel bad for the new president because he just has to accommodate with so many different things that, like, he's not used to. Yeah, for real. 
But the last thing kind of talking about college before we kind of head into the mental aspect, um, another person asked me there, like, what would you tell, basically, what would you say to people that are going into college that are just kind of like set in stone in their head? Oh, I'm just going to party. Like, what, what would you say to those people that are just stereotypical college party people? First of all, you can't even party at UConn anymore. I think my freshman year was last year where we actually had like good parties. Like every weekend there was a party, right? But nowadays, um, like all the frat like has like a list. So you can't even get into the party if you don't know any of the frat brothers. So it's really hard to um party at UConn and um and bars, of course, if you're not twenty one, unless you have fake that's about it. A lot of people don't have, so I wouldn't even come to UConn if you want to party. Like, it's just not it, right? Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, no. I agree, hundred <laughs> percent. Right. So I would, I would have to get you into my frat party. So yeah, yeah. UConn's not. UConn used to be like one of the most like party schools, but like not anymore. Yeah, I just think it's crazy because it's like. But you, you know, still find parties to go to, but yeah, like it's not like you're not going to be able to go out, but like, like you said, like I can't tell you how many times I've known people where it's like, oh, I'm going to a party, and it's like, oh, you know, could we come? And it's like, nah, because you know, it's it's at a frat, like it's the D, the DSP house or the you know the A Pi house. Yeah. And I'm just like, bro, like what's the point of having a party? If, like you invite like a hundred something people. But 75 out of those 100 are girls. So that's like three yeah. girls to one dude. It's like you that thirsty that you need. That's how many girls you need there. Right. But that's the crazy part now. Like because because a lot of guys can't get into parties that like a lot of people like want to join the frat. And it's so annoying. Like you don't need to join a frat to go to a party. Right. Um, yeah. Nah. <laughs> that like a lot of people like chose like choose that way like they just think like oh maybe i'll be a frat bro so i can go to parties and stuff like, it's yeah. really sad but that's why you make friends with upperclassmen with department mm-hmm. and so you mm-hmm. get invited to those parties honestly i think i went to more parties in apartments last year than i did like at houses or anything yeah. like that bro freshman year like i could you not like i would be out every weekend like friday saturday even no it would be like thursday friday saturday every like every day every weekend day i would be at a different frat it's that's crazy that just shows how much has changed right there because i can't remember a time in my two years where i went out back to back nights yeah i really can't yeah but like junior year senior year like i i i only went out thursdays like bar night that's it mm. So kind of before we switch the topic, you started your own podcast. I'll introduce it at the end. You can introduce it if you want right now. But what what made you kind of like really want to start a podcast now? Uh, so I mean, a lot. First of all, my my parents, so I grew up in a like, even like just in Asian American, I'll just go Asian American, I think. So in Asian American community, we don't talk about our feelings. We just don't. That's not how we are brought up. Of course, there's like, of course, there's like rare few families where like, you know, they're comfortable talking about their feelings and stuff. 
but like in my society in like the Nepali community we're not brought up to talk about our feelings we're not like we don't know how to express our feelings right so going into college you just deal with certain things like you know that you have to talk about it if you don't you just get overwhelmed and it's in your head so freshman year sophomore year when I was trying to figure out my life um I was getting very anxious I didn't know that I was dealing with anxiety at all but like the symptoms were like pretty obvious that I was dealing with like they were like every time like it was time to come home and be with my parents I would just get anxious so like I would always try to avoid that and I think sophomore year when I was in RA um, I don't I don't know if I ever told you about this case but so there was a resident who was um, mental uh mental health issues she was going through depression right and like coming into college you know it was just hard for her to like maintain her relationship with her boyfriend and she was just going through a lot and one night she comes up to me and says can you take these pills with me for me because i can't trust myself that's Man, that's, crazy. I, that's when i knew how real this issue was like that's when i decided that like my career has to be somewhere like me helping like people like this like because I went through it and I want to help people like that and podcast is just a way to just start these conversations of course I want to do bigger things bigger things in the future but but yeah it's for it's for people who don't really have that emotional support back home so they can listen to me and like just like be able to connect with me and just be able like just know that they're not alone. There are other people that do with the same same stuff. It's just that we don't talk about it and just normalizing mental health issues that it's not what people think it is. Like a lot of people just associate, especially in our culture, where like we just think that mental health issue is associated with craziness. Like people are crazy. They can't control their mind. So they're just crazy. They will act differently blah 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 they just bring it to extreme right but that's not the case it's literally not the case and what and it's so easy to just sit and judge and what they don't do is they don't go out and educate themselves right until it's them so so after that sophomore year after i'm dealt with that resident um i started educating myself on mental health and i started like you know, reflecting on myself and like, just, you know, like I knew I was going through it too. So I, I still, I still haven't, um, gotten help, um, like a therapist because it's just a very difficult conversation to have with my parents because they're, they're never going to understand. So I just started going to my academic advisor, Carl, which he knew like, and he understands and stuff. Um, but Anyway, the podcast was to, like, normalize mental health issues. It's not as crazy as it seems. Like, we need to talk about it. There's a lot of people that go through it. Even as an RA, my junior year and senior year, I dealt with so many residents that um, went through mental health issues where they were ready to commit suicide. So that's so important. And so, and you, and we all heard it last, last year. There's two cases mental health cases where two two um students at UConn committed suicide but no one really talked about it right no mm-hmm. one did there was just an article next day that they committed suicide but no one 
said anything. No one said anything about how to improve the mental health resources. Even if you look at the Yukon budget this year, there's there's nothing like, you know, the budget didn't go up to increase the mental health issues. Nothing. Yeah, you can say, oh, there's, um, we do have resources, but how effective are they? Why aren't people reaching out to them and getting help? Yeah, I, again, me personally, you know, I haven't really, like, obviously everybody has their own personal issues and mental health problems, and, you know, I'm not one to say I haven't, and I've had my lows, but and I'm fine, and, like, you get through them, and, but some other people, you know, they really can't, but you kind of brought it up, and I think it's very good how you were, like, people really should not be kind of ashamed to have, you know, mental health issues that, like, it's okay to be depressed and it's okay to you know have anxiety and to have these feelings so how important do you think it is to kind of normalize you know having these issues these personal demons these personal problems yeah um I wish we did have like classes on mental health issues a lot I mean I got a training on mental health issues but I just wish like we had a mandatory like classes you know the gen eds that we can take uh, because it's so important. A lot of people come from uh, different backgrounds where mental health issues are seen as a shame, like like in my community. Um, so kids don't have um, someone to go back home and talk about it, you know? So if schools are uh, more open to the idea of mental health issues, then, like, it, so they know, like, so students feel more comfortable and they know they have someone, they know they have a support system. And I really think like um, mental health issues should be talked about at a young age too, because um, research has shown that like, I think at age of 14, that's when people, when kids start uh, going through mental health issues. So if we start talking about mental health issues at a young age, then it's more likely that like people are willing to come out and talk about it because they're not afraid to, afraid to be judged. Yeah, I 100 again, 100% agree with you. I feel like gen eds are kind of like a waste of time in college if you will for me. I feel like that's where they steal your money cuz you know, again, you're an economics major, I'm a journalism major. I've taken classes about, you know, the French Revolution and, you know, anthropology and it's like, yeah, like some of those classes are interesting and you do learn, but like what is that going to do for me down the road? Whereas if I did take a class that was mandatory about mental health or even about, you know, just how to handle your finances and, you know, credit and just stuff like that is actually going to help you down the line. But obviously college hasn't really hit that realization yet that those are the things that are really important rather than learning about like, I don't know, just stuff. like, you know what I mean? Like you could take a, my freaking, my teacher said, you could take a pottery class or not a pottery class, like a planning class at UConn for a credit, but you can't take a class about basic, you know, financial needs or basic mental health. So exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, there's so much things like mental health is just such a like rooted, like problem that you need to do so much unlearning about it too. Um, but a lot of, a lot, a lot of students go through it at UConn a lot. Like, as in, as a RA, like, just, like, for ha- having to write, like, reports and just having to do resident consultations, I didn't know how real it was. And I had two of my closest friends go through depression, and it just, 
it's just so sad to see like how much it takes out of them and like you can't expect these people with like you know mental health issues to perform the same as someone with the right mental health state you know what i mean and then that mm-hmm. even sets them back because then they're like constantly questioning themselves why am i not doing well why am i not doing why are people not understanding well it's because you're not you know you're not well like so like if we start talking about it and if we start helping people um get better then like more likely to perform better yeah so obviously i'm a fan of your podcast as well as so many different people and you talked to actually about like in one of your episodes really just the lack of communication with your parents about mental health and you said it before you were kind of afraid you know you've dealt with anxiety but you really haven't gotten professional help because you're afraid to really have that conversation with your parents but have you at all tried to talk to them or are you still kind of contemplating when it is good for you to make your move to come out and be like hey this is what i am dealing with and this is how i'm going to fix it um i think right now i'm pretty good well actually december um so after my sister's was, uh, my sister was freshman last year so after her first semester she didn't do well academically right she didn't do well, well. and she actually um yeah, she didn't do well academically like my parents would like her to do. And so I thought she was going through depression because she's usually to herself, like, you know. And I, I was like, I brought that up. I was like, I think she's going through depression. When I tell you my parents literally shut me off with that idea, like, they were like, no, she's fine. Like, she just, like, didn't do well because she didn't work hard enough, blah, blah, blah. And that's one like really pissed me off because I was like, I'm not even going to have this conversation with them because what's the point if they're not even going to try to understand, but I will fight for my sisters, you know, I can go through whatever, but like, I will fight for my sister. So I will speak of if my sister is dealing with it, then I will speak up for her. But like with my issues, like, I don't want to talk about it. I think I'm handling it pretty well. Maybe there will be a point in my life that I will be comfortable talking about it. But right now, especially because I'm trying to move out out of the um, house and I want to go out of state. And if I tell them like all this stuff, then that's going to, you know, backfire and not I'm not going to be able to move out. Okay. So just going off of that, we've kind of been, you know, going back and forth with giving advice to people coming to UConn or just going to college in general. So I know personally, I knew friends that went to college that were, uh, you know, already dealt with depression issues in high school. So what advice would you give to people coming to UConn that know they're already dealing with something personal like mental health? Uh, Make sure that like you're talking to people like that you're comfortable with, like make sure that you're taking your meds, make sure you're taking your just like doing your uh, therapy session or just have like try to build at least one connection that you're like comfortable talking to because coming to the school like it just like gets really overwhelming sometimes sometimes you're not doing well in school sometimes you're fighting with your friends or you're fighting with like your significant other like you know just like little things adds up so make sure that you have that one person that you can talk to because even like just having a rant session like helps a lot make sure that 
you have like some kind of like escape like for me it was working out a lot I would go to every time I was feeling anxious I would like push myself to go to the gym um, a lot of people take like yoga classes so make sure that you have something that like you know that that will make you feel better like kind of escape yeah I again 100% agree and like I said I never really had like a big issue that really got to me but for me like honestly I have conversations just with you know close friends and honestly my um my orthodontist she's not my actual orthodontist but like she's kind of like the person that comes in before and like checks what you need to get done Mm -hmm. she honestly has been such a help for me even since high school just like going to her talking about things how I'm feeling and to an extent, an extent, she can relate to me because of the things she's been through. So again, like you said, just having that relationship or that person you can go to when rant is, you know, very important. But to kind of end off on a good note and to end off kind of highlighting you, you, again, you recently just graduated. What are your goals for the future now that college is kind of behind you when you're going into that, I guess you could say, second hump of life? Um. So I'm currently looking for a full-time offer. I do have a part-time job right now as a caregiver, but I am looking for a full-time offer, but like I'm taking my time because as I said before, it's really hard to communicate with my parents. They're not very understanding. They want me to stay in state and help them out and stuff, but I want to move out of state. So I'm taking my time to like, kind of like have these conversations with them. So like, we're all on a happy note when I'm moving out. Um, I have gone few offers, but I'm not ready to accept them because um, so many reasons when you have to like accept a job because you have to look at the benefits, you have to pay, you have to look at the pay, blah blah blah. But meantime, right now, I'm making my podcast, which I'm really happy because it's actually like impacting a lot of people, and a lot of people are reaching out to me and saying that how much they like it so it's like a very you know good um but yeah so I'm hopefully moving out of the state by end of December somewhere in Boston working at a hospital as a financial advisor and hopefully in the future you'll see me as a congresswoman there we go that's what we like to see big goals goals. go and get them right so Mamta thank you for coming on the show. I'm not just me, but everybody, we really appreciate it. Thank you. But everyone that's listening, go check out Monster's podcast. It's called Let's Be Let's Be Honest on what we see, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Just yeah, practically everywhere. Let's be honest. Yeah. So until next time, go check out her podcast. And this was episode 10 of the Anything and Everything podcast. And we will See you on the next show. Thank you for having me. Of course.